Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Feedback and Insight Sheer number 67. Today we're going to discuss about talking about intimacy and sexuality to one's children and teenage children. And this is for Jewish parents, but the truth is, is that boys and girls, teenage boys and girls, should listen to this as well. They'll become parents and they know what they're going through and they're feeling, and they, just like they want to be taught and told and informed about the healthy, what healthy sexuality is, and, and, and for their questions to be answered in the right way, in an honest way, in an enlightening way. So that's a shame that when they become parents, they'll be able to communicate that with our, their children. Now these days, unfortunately, in the secular world, they have something called sex education, where they teach in schools way too young and in the wrong way, as everyone knows. That creates tremendous havoc on them. So the question arises that when you see that in the outside culture, how it's being taught sexual education in a wrong way, in a warped way, the question is, what about in the Torah world? Is it important or not to talk about sexuality with our children? Why should you talk about sexuality with our children? And what we're going to demonstrate today, and a lot of this is based on the studies of a Dr. Yecheved Debo, who wrote a book on this called Talking About Intimacy and Sexuality, and she basically brings this as a value and how important it is to impart these values to our children with time and with thoughtfulness, properly educating them in all aspects of Yiddishkeit, and sexuality is a big part of it. Not just Shabbos or Yantiv or Kashris or Mitzvahs, like Bikachoylem and Nichamavelem, or supporting widows and orphans and helping people and, and trying to get them, your children, and your teenage children to become good people and Erlichayidin, a big part of that is to teach them in the area of sexuality and relationships when they're curious about it and they're interested about it, whether they admit it or not, and Halacha and Tyra has opinions about it and and has what to say about it. And if you're silent about it, what it's, what it's basically saying that when you're not talking about sexuality, when it's talked so much in the movies and so much in the media, you're giving basically in a message that Judaism is not comfortable with sexuality or has nothing to positive to say on the subject of sexuality, which both of these assumptions are false completely. But what else are they supposed to believe? All that's known to know is that there's a schmutz out there, and that's it. The sexuality, the way it's portrayed out there, is schmutz. You're told it's garbage, it's fair, it's disgusting. But that's all. But that very message alone, without describing and explaining what it is, will tell you, oh, so Yiddishkeit has a negative aspect on the whole business, on the whole aspect of it. So they become unaware of what Kedusha really is. They've become unaware of how sexuality is a gift 
used in the proper context could be one of the greatest matanas in a yid's life, in married life. And instead, by not talking about it, they're left on their own to process these messages that they're exposed to. And by default, the only education they have on these topics is from what they see in the secular world. In order for children and teenagers in our, our days to view Tyra as Tyras Chaim, to view Tyra as the Darche Noyam, to view Tyra as a real course of life, Tyra Meloshen Hoidra, to live as a Yid, you cannot escape the responsibility and the need to talk about sexuality and relationships from a Jewish perspective, from a Tyra perspective, that will help our children and our teenagers appreciate the wisdom and relevance of Yiddishkeit in the areas of life, of sexuality, that is significant. And children need to learn to appreciate this, just like they need to learn about all social aspects of Yiddishkeit, personal aspects of Yiddishkeit. The sexual development is very important, and they need a safe environment where they have a right and how they feel comfortable that they could discuss this and, and acquire the proper knowledge that they want to acquire in a terror-based way in all areas of life, sexuality included. Now, very often the parent themselves or the parents themselves are very uncomfortable with it, so they need to learn how to have a healthy attitude towards it themselves. So we know she brings down beautifully from the Gemara Sukkah, Dafman Beis Amad Aleph, that when a child learns how to speak, the father needs to first teach them the Taira and Shema. What Taira? Taira Tziva Lanu Maisha. Hashem commanded the Taira to us. That's the beginning of Chinech. Taira Tziva Lanu Maisha. Maisha commanded the Taira to us. Why is this Pasuk chosen? Why is this the first thing that the child, once he has the capacity to, to, to talk and language, we instill in him this idea or her, her this idea? Why? And the idea being that, that despite the fact that these children are not yet mechayiv in mitzvahs, they're not bar mitzvah yet, they're not bas mitzvah yet, but the Gemara maintains that you still have a chiyiv chinech even at that very young age. So, for example, the Gemara brings La Locha by fasting on Yom Kippur to start preparing for fasting even at a very early age. Of course, Chalila, you don't make them fast beyond what they could. That's dangerous. But like we know, there's something called Tainus Lishois. If a kid had their full supper, even if they're six years old, it's 6.30, they're ready to go to bed, even just telling them, you know, it's Yom Kippur now, you're not drinking any water now, and you'll just... When you get up in the morning, right away, you can eat. It's training them. You're training them at an early age, this abstinence, to curtail their natural desire for food with that chinich in Yom Kippur. Not chalila in a painful way. Not chalila to torture them. Or not chalila to affect their health in any way whatsoever. But in a healthy, good way. And again, Yom Kippur, that's a good example of it. They get a little older, they have moyachaylis, you tell them. Normally eat breakfast at 8. Don't eat breakfast till 9. 
then till 10, then till 11. And by training them that way, they learn how to curtail the natural desire for food in certain ways. It, it processes it in their brain that way. And then perhaps by extension, when it comes to sexuality as well, they need to start at an early age. Now, that doesn't mean you talk about a child that's totally like the secular culture does. They talk about sexuality with kids that are such young age that they're not being macabre whatsoever because it's so totally beyond them and it messes them up. So obviously we're talking about dargas here. But this concept of abstinence or delayed gratification is a aside that could start at a very early age. So the real healthy idea of educating, sex education in general, is a lifelong process, Dr. Yocheved Debao says, of acquiring information and attitudes and beliefs about your own identity, about your relationships, about intimacy. It includes sexual development, reproductive health, interpersonal relationships, affection, intimacy, body image, gender, male-female roles, psychologically, culturally, the spiritual dimensions of sexuality, the skill to communicate effectively, the skill to make responsible decisions. So part of sexual education is the integrity of understanding what sexual health actually is. And a teenager, especially, it makes no difference that ultimately they can't consummate marriage until they're married in their early 20s or whenever it is. And there'll be years and years before they actually get to the point where they could do that. But the bottom line, though, is that sexuality is very, very real and they need to internalize it and to understand the important areas of sexually, sexuality and intimacy in the right way. And this is what Alicia Benavuya says. That someone who studies Torah as a child, it's like putting ink on fresh paper. You study Torah as an, when you're older already, it's like writing ink on smudged paper that was already used. Which means that a child, they're impressionable, they're open, they're like a, a clean piece of paper, lahavdal. And they need to be guided. The Me'iri brings this down also that the child needs to be guided in the proper ethical behavior from an early age so that those correct behaviors becomes a fixed quality in them. So it becomes natural so that even when they're under pressure, they don't think of any other option. So you see, again, people were born or became from later, there's always hope and there's always room for growth. So it's not something to be discouraged about, but no one can deny that, for example, as an example, Here's an example of self-gratification delay that works for children that later they'll be able to understand in the sexual realm as well. And that's the concept of milchiks and flashiks. That even at an early age, sometimes even when they're only four, five, six years old, and it's not painful because Baruch Hashem, there's so much food in the house and there's plenty to give a person. But they know that if they ate meat and they all of a sudden an hour later they want pizza, Okay, if they're very little, again, okay, you can be makel, you know, you speak to your paiskim how that works. But once they have a shtikl havana, a little understanding, they'll realize, no, no, you're, I'm flashics now. 
until it becomes so natural to them that it's not even in the sayin for them anymore, which on the outside world, it looks like an amazing thing. You, a six-year-old child that ate a piece of meat and now sees a delicious ice cream in the fridge or his mother brought home, and his mother tells him, you know, your flayshicks, you can have it, and it's five hours or whatever, and the kid is like accepts it to the point where the kid themselves and, and, and even at see, even such a young age, we'll say, oh, that's ice cream, that's milkshakes, I'm, I'm flayshicks now, I'll eat it later. The kid may drive the mother crazy, put it away so no one takes it, you know, whatever, fine. But they already have that built in there. So if you have those beliefs already, so then when it is time to discuss sexuality and intimacy, when they mature and they're already the hormones are coming, then they already understand these concepts of when to use pleasure and when not to, when to delay it and when not to. And parents could help their children navigate through that and not, and not be subject to the secular values outside, but to rather give them a deep understanding in these areas of what Tyra says about it. And that is the key, to grow and to build. And um, she brings down also Rashlam Wolbo, wrote the Ali Shur, and he encourages education as two Yesidais. This is very important. One is the concept of growing, and the other is the concept of building. And this is the way Reverend Wolbo explains it. And again, I'm giving credit to this. Dr. Yocheved Debo, who wrote a phenomenal book called Talking About Sex, Intimacy and Sexuality. And I'm going to discuss in some of the future shiurim and in the feedbacks a lot of the points in this book. It is a tremendously valuable book, tremendously important. And again, I don't know her from Adam. And most of the people I recommend, again, so you can't say I don't have, take, have a commission, never met her, never planning on meeting her. Or, 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 or whatever it is, but when I see something that has teichen to it, an unbelievable teichen, I need to spread it out. And, and she has tremendous eitzrace in this book. So Bekitzer, Revolvo says like this, when you are mechanech in general, by the way, for people who don't have young children anymore, it's important to hear this too, because you can use a lot of these concepts even from adult to adult, as I could, I'll explain Bezaz Hashem at a later point. You could use some of these ideas as well. But with children, it's true. There's two types of things. There's growing and the process of building. So the mushal Revolvo gives is a farmer. A farmer, right? A parent has that role like a farmer who plants a tree. There's two things that the farmer could do. A farmer knows it does not have the yechilis. It cannot scream at a tree and say, grow, and it's going to grow doesn't happen. The farmer has to water it, plant it, prune it, take out the weeds, and so on and so forth. Same thing like this. A parent can't just give answers all the time, but it raises issues, senses what's impeding the child, and protects the environment that should be right to be macabre that the child could grow healthy and strong. So when you have a tree... It's not just screaming at the tree, grow, grow, grow. 
but rather you water it, plant it, nurture it, create an environment where the tree on its own will thrive, so too the parent doesn't necessarily scream at the kid, learn, daven, you know, do this, do that, do this, do that, but rather you create the environment of nurturing that is conducive for the child to grow strong and healthy as a natural effect of that. That is called the growing process. Then there's the building process, which assumes the opposite. Right? You don't, the house doesn't come up on its own. The harder you work, the harder the contractors work, the harder they invest in higher quality materials and in the proper electrical wiring and so on and so forth, and the stronger the house will be. So children also, they have to be taught directly. You give them the material, you give them the ideas, you teach them. You educate them directly for them to grow. No nonsense. And it's a combination of both, though, that you need. They need both the construction, which means actively encouraging them to acquire their good midas, to grow, to learn, to daven, to read, to write, to, 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 to walk at that point when they're ready to walk, and so on, train them to go on a bicycle, teach them how to swim, all these direct things that you have to teach the child directly. That is part of Chinech, there's no question about it. Construction, that's what most school models are. And not necessarily it's a negative thing. It's important. You have to, they have to sit in the classroom and you have to teach them and they need to learn. Of course, and there's right methods to it, but it's a direct instruction and a direct what the children know they have to learn this and acquire this. But then there's the second aspect of growth, indirect, sowing seeds within the children that will gradually sprout and will be processed by each child individually, that will grow naturally. And this is where parents sometimes neglect this part and that best help their children reach their potential. Like we talked about in the Shalom Bayes Shiurim in general, that to work on their own midah, when they see their mother and father treat each other with their inheritance and respect and have a good marriage, and you don't tell them anything directly. You see how nicely we talk? I say please, he says thank you. You don't tell the child directly that. You see, I tell mommy thank you and she says you're welcome. You don't have to tell the child that. The child sees this and picks it up themselves. The environment is there. And they learn from that. And like by osmosis, indirectly, just in the avir, in the the atmosphere of the house, they learn what a true good marriage is supposed to be like. Without necessarily having to wag your finger at them and tell them you have to do this and you don't have to do that. So parenting is difficult in that sense. They need to know when they indeed have to wag their finger. Or have to say, you need to do this. Sit down, eat that supper, make the bracha, make make sure to make the bracha achreina, wash your negel vaser. You know that's part of it. There's no question about it. But then there are times, very often, many many times, where you have to be in the background, plant those seeds subtly, quietly, and the same thing works with sexuality as well, which we're going to speak about. That some things need direct instruction at the right age and at the right comprehension and so on. And some are to be basically planting seeds in the way your home is made.
and your way your home is created. So the idea behind this is, is that the chinuch that we're talking about, that we spoke in general terms for part of this year, applies in the context of sex and sexuality as well. And they, and, you, and, and it's an achrayis for us to ha- make sure that they develop this in the right way. Because what happens very often is our children, um, we need to realize and we need to explain to them how heavily, unfortunately, they're exposed by messages outside that are bombarded with te- of television, video games, song lyrics, media, so on and so forth. Now, if there's a way, of course, to protect your children from all this and your home from all this, of course. But ultimately, in our door, things seep in. Sometimes because of Hechach Parnasa, other things, and the child also goes out in the street. They have to. They got to go to the bus from yeshiva to home, home to yeshiva. They look out the window. They see stuff. Whether you like it or not, they're going to see scantily clad women in suggestive poses on the billboards. Even if they don't mean to see it, they're going to notice it. It's sad. This is the way it is, though, for most of us. And how do they react to it? How do you explain to them how that works? Because they're going to have, they're going to know this anyway. So regardless, the children will develop an understanding about what sex is and sexuality is from sources that are commercial, advertising that are manipulating teenage consumers to believe that being quote-unquote sexy is the key to popularity. And they play on children's vulnerabilities. And they sell products this way. And, 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 And they try to convince teenage men need to be macho by doing this and that, and that'll attract the attention of the girls to have sex with them and vice versa. And the children that are educated by those sources, directly or indirectly, are not rooted in healthy Tyra values. And we need to talk to, uh, to this about our children. Otherwise, they will process these negative aspects on their own. And then, and I'm going to end off the share with this point that uh, Dr. Yocheva Dubo says in her book. Studies indicate that children even teenage children, would like their parents to talk to them more about sex and sexuality, and they want their parents, or a a leading adult, if their parents aren't equipped, but they want an adult mature guidance to lead them on how to handle sexuality and what the appropriate behaviors should be between them and the opposite gender or between men and women in general. They want to hear about the value systems regarding sex and sexuality so they can process the, the, the information that they're bombarded with. Because it is on their minds. This is a mistake that in some circles of from Tyra culture, they are mistaken with this. Because Baruch Hashem, we're from, we see the schmutz, so we, and, and, we, and we feel... And we're not getting married anyway for a good few years. So we're not going to talk about it. But the fact that you're not talking about it that doesn't mean it's upward top on their minds. Not because they're perverted. Not because they're bad people. Not because they're not elechiyidin. But because Hashem made you as a Kaddish, as a Basar Vedam of 
uh, even a yid bas of adam, you're a bas of adam, and you're a human being, and the hormones are there, and the sexual desire is there. Hashem put it there, and He put it there for a reason, and you have it. The boys have it, the girls have it, and it's there for a reason, and it's there to be to stay. And 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 the point being though, is that the fact that they never talk about it because of inner modesty or because they don't feel it's appropriate, or there's shame, or there's fear, that doesn't mean that it's upmost on their minds. Because it's very strong. It's a part of life. And they don't talk about it, and they need to talk about it. So that's a very important point to know. And it's important to know that everything is in Tyra, and everything in sexuality is in Tyra, and there's nothing, nothing, that is not discussed in Tyra about all these subjects. I pretty much say, and we talk about it, that if you learn Chumash and Rashi, Chumash and Rashi, and you learn it from beginning to end, or if you learn a good part of Shas, not even talking about the Nashim Chelek of Shas, or Masech Desnid, or anything like that, even the other parts of Shas, you pretty much get a real education, uh, 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 you know, of, of what sexuality is about. You'll get that idea by just simply learning airlessly like you're supposed to learn. And that's, but again, sometimes we don't know how to interpret it. Sometimes we need a Rebbe to explain it. Sometimes we need our parents to explain it. We need to know in what context, what the Chazal say this, what do they mean, what they say that, what do they mean, and so on and so forth. So this idea of quashing sexuality is a mistake but rather, it's important to speak about what the Jewish value of it is, without judgment and without, um, you know, prejudice and without the guilty conscious conscience stuff that comes about where it's pasnished. Because when there's a tzayrach and there's a tzayrach, it's past ya. You need to know. You need to know. And we're going to continue to discuss this matter because it's very, very important. And um, it's important to know both the parents and in, in how they speak to this in the children and also for teenagers are listening to this. And Mayat Hashem will go into depth about these subjects because it could save a lot of lives, it could save a lot of marriages in knowing what the healthy aspects of sexuality are and how to use it the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu intended us to use it. Have a wonderful day.